0: You're listening to a message from Heritage Christian Fellowship in San Clemente, California. For more information, go to heritagesc.org. And I got a call in the middle of the night to go see someone who was requesting a chaplain. So I go by the bedside, and it was a lady who had just given birth to triplets. She had a really hard time... Um, getting pregnant. She got pregnant. She really felt God spoke to her and says, I'm going to bless you with three kids. And so by the time I got there, the the babies had been born premature. One had already passed away. I think they were born stillborn. One was barely hanging on and one wasn't doing well. And within an hour, the second baby had had, uh, died. And eventually, the third baby had died. But before the third baby died, she looked at me and she said, you know, chaplain or father, she said, Where's Jesus? Where's God? And I didn't know what to say because I I was at a loss too. And that was the first time I ever heard someone really ask me that question. But I've heard that question asked many times this year. You know, where's Jesus in all this? In our government, in our church, in America, you know, where is God? So I'd like to answer that question. Because I think it's a very legitimate question today and and this whole year. So that's why I entitled it, Where is Jesus? You know, and why am I talking about this? Well, because we are a family. We are a church family. We have to care for each other. And some of us are really rock solid in our faith. And other people are, you know, terrible things have happened, sort of like that, that lady. And they're asking these difficult questions that we have to help each other answer. Because I think we all go through seasons and struggles in life, individually and corporately. I think corporately, even as a country, we're going through this. And individually, we have those ups and downs where we sometimes have this, we almost feel ashamed of asking, like, where are you, Jesus, in all of this? So I want to really look at that, and actually someone had asked that specific question several times in the Bible, but I want to look at it today, and that 's going to be in our main text, which is found in, a cha- in Luke chapter eight verses twenty two to twenty five i 'm not sure if we 're going to be able to get the words on the screen I think it 's going to be at home um, so if, if, if you 're here this morning and maybe get out your phone or your Bible and you can follow along, but I will read really slow too, just in case you don 't have that but uh, this is good. this is the story where Jesus calms the storm. Jesus calms the storm. Can anybody think of a storm that needs calming these days? <laughs> I think there's a couple out there, so I think it's really apropos. So I'm going to pray, and then we will get into this in Luke chapter eight, starting in verse 22. Lord, we just thank you that despite it all, we could be together virtually, and some here in the in the sanctuary. We just love you, Lord. We thank you that you are holding our hands so tightly. You're gripping us, Lord. Even when sometimes we, don't, we, we can't sense it because of different circumstances, Lord, we know that you are with us, that you are gripping us. And Lord, as we wrestle with this question, where you are, I ask that you would give us peace and assurance exactly where you are right beside us. We love you, Lord. We bless you. And we, I pray for everybody who's hearing my voice right now. In Jesus' name, amen. So Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 22, it says, One day, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat and set out. So this day was going to be just like any other day. Um, Jesus had had a long day. He did some teaching. There was a lot of crowds around him. And they probably felt that somehow their, their mission, where they were, was finished. So they were going to go on the other side of the lake. Simple. And up to that point, the disciples had witnessed so many amazing things. Healings, deliverances, amazing teachings. And, you know, the disciples probably in their mind at that point were thinking, you know what? Jesus is the Messiah, and I bet you he is going to establish his kingdom on earth through this guy, Jesus, and it's going to be like David, it's going to be Solomon, and we're going to be a part of it, because everything had gone according to plan, and they were probably predicting amazing things, and they said, you know what, we're going to go to the other side of the lake, and great things are going to happen. And they probably went on that lake many, many times before and never, ever had a problem. And that's kind of, I was sort of like that last week. We were here at church, um, we had met inside for, th- this, that was the third Sunday in a row. Lots of people started coming back. You know, we felt like we had this sense of momentum. We, we baptized a couple weeks ago. Ileana gave her testimony, and it was just amazing. It was like, wow, God, you're doing stuff. And, and it's almost like we're seeing the other side of the lake, and we're thinking, you know what, God? We can't wait to get there. And we thought, you know, all we have to do is sort of get on the other side of 2020, you know, like that lake is kind of 2020, and if we just get on the other side of it, we're going to be good. Anybody else been thinking that? Well, you know, hey, we're we're making momentum, and then so let's continue in that uh, verse. In verse 23, it says, "As they fail, as they sailed, he Jesus fell asleep." You know, Jesus had been teaching all day. The crowds were around him. Everybody wanted a piece of him because a lot of people, if you just touched Jesus, you would be healed. And he was teaching. He taught the parable of the sower, the mustard seed, some of his greatest teachings ever. And they probably thought, you know what? We're just gonna let Jesus sleep Because when we get to the other side, you know, he's going to need to be rested. So let's just let Jesus sleep. And those guys were experienced sailors anyway. They had it all under control. So, you know, they, they were just looking forward to getting over this and getting to the other side. So let's move on. It says, as they sailed, he fell asleep. And then it says, a squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. This this account is also found in Mark, and in Mark it said, All of a sudden, a squall came down. Out of nowhere, a squall came down. All of a sudden. How many times I, I, I think back and I think, you know, how many times have I said that this this year? All of a sudden. So many things have happened that we didn't expect. This time last year, we weren't predicting anything. We thought we were just going to have smooth sailing. But all of a sudden, our church leadership is thrown into disarray after years of stability. All of a sudden, a worldwide pandemic hits us. All of a sudden, our basic freedoms are curtailed by the government in order to fight it. All of a sudden, truth is really hard to figure out these days. All of a sudden, there's civil unrest division Actually, I talked to a fifth grade teacher this week and she was in a lesson of government. She got all her kids really active in the election and they actually voted with each other um, and, on, and, and on election day, the class voted for, for the two candidates and actually afterwards, two of the kids got in a fight because, over who candidate they wanted and I was like, when does that ever happen? All of a sudden, even kids are divided in, in politics. And all of a sudden, the economy is in shambles. All of a sudden, my favorite restaurant is closed, or the dish that they used to serve is gone. All of a sudden, toilet paper, remember, is as valuable as gold. I don't know if we're going to get back there. But there was a lot of all of a sudden's, and all of a sudden, this squall hit as they were going. Now, a squall, a definition, is a sudden, violent gust of wind, often accompanied by rain, snow, or sleet. And it's a sudden disturbance or commotion. And as a nation, we are in a squall. We've never seen this before, at least in my lifetime. It's kind of scary. And sometimes I feel like, Jesus, are you sleeping on the job? Don't you know? Don't you see this? What happened? Why did you let three people in last week who had COVID? I mean, don't you know we would have to shut down the service and have mostly a virtual service? I mean, Jesus, where are you? And that's kind of what the disciples said. Let's look in, in Luke 8 in verse 24. It said, The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're gonna drown. Can you relate? Have you ever had those circumstances where you look at Jesus and say, Jesus, you know, <laughs> I've been bobbing, I'm gonna drown. This is this is it. And and these guys were experienced sailors. When they said we're gonna drown, it was a pretty good likelihood that they were going to drown because this is what they did for a living. They knew what they were talking about, which is kind of scary. And me being new at this, new at the, at the, at the, as the lead, elder lead pastor, um, I've reached out to more experienced pastors just to glean on them. And you know what's scary is these experienced guys, they're saying the same thing. They're kind of scared too. They're like, you know what? This might take us all down. This might take the church down. I mean, it's kind of scary. It's like, we're going to drown. And this isn't just novices. These are experienced people saying this kind of stuff. But it's also interesting to note how quickly the attitude of the disciples changed. How quickly their attitude changed. Because really, the disciples have been following Jesus for a while, and they've only seen amazing things. They saw Jesus heal a leper. A leper, a guy born where his body parts were falling off and it's highly contagious and he was shunned, but they saw Jesus heal that guy. They saw a guy who was a paraplegic, he couldn't walk, he couldn't do anything. They saw him heal that guy. They saw uh, when they went into Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was sick with a fever and they saw Jesus go over, command the fever to leave, and she was healed instantly. And it was like all this stuff, their faith was being built. And then Jesus was winning the debates with all the Pharisees, all the religious people. and, And he did a lot of stuff. There was nothing that Jesus couldn't do. And then they were sitting and studying under Jesus. Actually, earlier in that day, Jesus was teaching the parable of the sower, According to the scripture, remember the parable of the sower? Jesus was saying, "The Kingdom of God is like a farmer going throwing out seeds, and he talked about four different types of seeds, and only one the seeds would grow and Then he gave the interpretation, and in fact it 's interesting he talked about one type of seed, and he says some of the seed fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. And this is, was the interpretation. He said, those on rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root, and they believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. So here Jesus is, several hours before the squall, he's teaching them, and he's saying, you know what, there's certain people who are going to hear what I'm saying, and, and then when testing, when difficulties come, when a squall comes, they're going to fade away. And those guys, they were probably taking notes You know, as Jesus was talking, and they were like, amen, Jesus, preach it. And they're probably looking back at the people like, yeah, you know, we, the disciples, we get it. And they were probably feeling proud of themselves, but all of a sudden, these, it was amazing how quickly these great men of God turned into cowering little boys because of a storm. All the teaching, all that knowledge, all of witnessing the miracles just went out the door because of that. And how is that possible? I've seen that in my own life. Like, I've seen God do amazing things in my life, but then all of a sudden this big challenge comes in front of me, and then I start wondering, does God really have it? Where where are you, Lord? And you know how that's possible? It's a result of fear. These men of God saw all this stuff, but somehow fear gripped their heart, And turn them into cowering little boys. See, when fear grips our hearts and mind, we lose perspective. What is logical goes out the window when we're overcome with fear. What they knew, that Jesus is Lord and nothing is impossible with him, just left because of fear. And when we're overcome by fear, a couple things happen. We lose trust in God. When we're overcome by fear, we make circumstances bigger than God or Jesus. We lose our peace. We value value temporal things over eternal things. Remember Paul? He said, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And he wasn't even scared of death. But when we have fear, we just hold on to the temporal things so strong. And we forget that what we need to hold on to is eternal things. And we see through the eyes of the world, not through the eyes of the kingdom of God. And when we're gripped by fear, it's very difficult to hear God. Actually, Kathy Greer said that last week. When you are overcome by fear, it's really hard to get perspective and hear from God. And honestly, we become ineffective Christians when we are overcome by fear. But in the Bible, we are constantly reminded not to live in fear. Because fear is actually very human, and we all struggle with it. It's interesting how that works. And, you know, it's interesting. I looked up the term fear not or do not be afraid in the Bible. Fear not or do not be afraid is mentioned 365 times in the Bible. And I don't think anything in the Bible is coincidence. And 365 is every day of the year. And I think we almost have to remind ourselves every day of every year, to fear not or not be afraid, especially in these kind of days. Isaiah forty one thirteen says, For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, I will help you. And I think we need to hear that. Let me repeat that. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, I will help you. And it almost feels like we have a spirit of fear that's been released worldwide. You know, I almost think the fear of COVID is worse than COVID itself. I mean, there are people dying and it's, it, it has terrible tragedies, but the fear of it is almost equally as bad and paralyzing. But, but the Bible says in, Tim, in 2 Timothy 1.7 that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but we are to have Uh, We are supposed to have a a mind of power, a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, or self-control. Let me read that again. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And that just like the disciples needed those three ingredients, power, love, and self-control, we need those today. And then the other version, uh, we were reading this version of the storm in Luke It was also mentioned in Mark, and if you read in Mark, it says, this version, when when they went and asked Jesus, in Mark 4, 38, Jesus, it says, uh, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And have you ever looked up to heaven, things aren't going your way, and say, God, don't you care? And it's actually a dangerous question because the Bible says God is love. And for God so loved the world that he came to this earth. God does care about us. He loves us. But sometimes when fear grips our heart, we even doubt that God loves us. And we look and we say, don't you care? But his love is unfailing. And even when he disciplines us, He does it because he loves, he loves us. At every aspect, the Lord loves us. The fact is, Jesus loves you, no matter what the circumstances. Now, I want to just take a quick tangent here. If you're kind of new to Christianity, if if you are just kind of tuning in or you're maybe here, you don't know why you're here, but maybe you have never had a relationship with the Lord. You know, you've heard about Jesus and you've never surrendered your life to the Lord. Um, but oftentimes God allows people to go through storms to kind of shake their world and to to get you off off your own life and to make you wonder what it's all about. Well, Jesus came to die for us that we might have a relationship with, with, with God because we were born into sin and Jesus died on the cross to take away our sin and we, we surrender our life to him. When we ask the Lord to forgive us, he will and he'll live in our hearts and he will be uh, the king of our life and that's called salvation so I, you know what maybe today is your day to accept Jesus to have him live in your heart and maybe your world's being shaken and you're kind of looking for answers well the answer is Jesus so you know what before, I, I still have more to talk about but before I do I just want to say if that's you if you want to follow Jesus if you want to accept the Lord in your heart we're just going to do a quick prayer here and, and you invite Jesus into your heart can we do that? All right, let's bow our heads. Just repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I want to follow you right now. I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me and come into my life and I surrender my life to you. Be the King and Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, let's finish the story. In Luke chapter 8, verses 24, it said, He, Jesus, got up and he rebuked the wind and raging waters and the storm subsided and all was calm. And then, you know what, if, if it was like my kids and my kids were all scared and they're like, come on, dad, help me, and, and something was wrong, I would go and I would like, you know, hug them and make them feel good. But Jesus didn't do that. He was actually kind of, me- kind of harsh. It almost appeared to be mean. In verse 25, he says, where is your faith? And then in Mark 4.40, the other version, it said, he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Sometimes we're looking for Jesus to coddle us, and, and he does, and he comforts us. But sometimes he needs to rattle our cage a little bit too, and he's like, why are you so afraid? Where is your faith? You know, and these guys, though, it it felt a little mean because these guys were experienced sailors. They knew they were in danger. It was very human. But we are fickle people. Fickle means like we change our mind depending on our circumstances. Like we tend to be like the world and we view life according to the circumstances around us. When there's calm seas, this Christian walk, Jesus is amazing and God is good. But when a squall or a storm hits, like, where are you, God? No wonder Jesus got a little mad. And you see, you can be in church, you can hear the most amazing teaches, you can see miracles, signs, and wonders, you can know the Bible, and but when the storm comes, you really need faith. It kind of divides the men from the boys. In 2020, we need faith. This week we needed faith. Today we need faith. Tomorrow we need faith. What is faith? Well, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, that's probably the best definition. <clears throat> there's, two, uh, there's two versions of it. The first in the NIV, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of, of, about what we do not see. And I love the, the version in the message in Hebrews 11.1. 1, it says, The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. Essentially, faith is seeing and trusting God even when everything around us seems like it's a storm or a squall out of control. And our faith right now is being tested more than ever. And the question is, are you going to have faith and believe God or not? Are you going to have faith and believe God or not? And I really felt... To challenge you this morning is to fear not, but to have faith. Well, let's finish the story of this story in Luke 8 and, and let's see what happened. It says in Luke 8, 25, it says, In fear of ama- in amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. So this was added to the list. They saw healings, they saw deliverances. They saw all kinds of stuff. And then it goes a step farther. Even the winds, the elements themselves obey Jesus. How amazing. And it says, in fear and amazement. Before Jesus spoke, they feared the storm. But after Jesus spoke, they feared God. When you have faith, you no longer fear man, but you fear God. Let me repeat that. When you have faith, you no longer fear man, but you fear God. And in a sense, this squall was probably the disciples' worst fear. As experienced sailors, that was probably their worst fear, getting caught in a storm and dying at sea. And Jesus allowed this to happen to help them confront their fear and also to show show them that he could handle anything, even their worst fear. But it's interesting, if it wouldn't have been for the squall, we wouldn't be reading this story today, thousands of years later. You know, if they would have just decided to go on the other side of the lake and if everything would have been fine according to the plan, we wouldn't be reading this. There would be no fear and amazement. But because of the storm, because Jesus was demonstrating his faithfulness in their worst fear. We're reading this. And we all want victories. We all want to get close to the Lord. But sometimes the Lord will do it through our worst fears. With faith, we can have fear and amazement. Circumstances produce the fear, but God produces the amazement. Let me repeat that. With faith, we can have fear and amazement. Circumstances produce fear, but God produces amazement. So I would like to to close today by answering the question, where is Jesus today, November twenty second, 2020? Well, a couple things. He's with you. He's still in your boat. He's in your boat no matter if you are experiencing your worst fear ever. And if you wonder, if you know, if, if you're wondering, you know, where is Jesus? Well, please listen to me as I read Isaiah 41:10 in three different versions: the NIV, the New King James, and the message. The NIV it says, do not fear, Isaiah 41:10. So do not fear, for I am with you. God is with you. Do not be dismayed, for I, God, am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And in the New King James Version, Isaiah 41.10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And probably my favorite is in the message version of Isaiah 41.10. It says, Don't panic. I'm with you. There's no need to fear, for I am your God. I'll give you strength, I'll help you, I'll hold you steady, I'll keep a firm grip on you. My challenge to you this morning is to memorize one of these versions of Isaiah 41.10. If you can write that down, take a picture of it, and memorize it this week, I think you're going to need it. And on Thursday at Thanksgiving, hopefully you guys say grace, Maybe before you guys do your meal or get together, just say, hey, can I read something? And read it whatever gathering you're at. Because people need to hear that. Let me read that once more in the the message. And put your name in there. I'm going to put my name in there because I had a rough week too. You know, I really struggled. Should we stay open? Should we close? Or should we be outside? Should we be inside? And God, why why do I even have to deal with these kind of questions? It's kind of crazy. And this is what the Lord said. He says, Peter, don't panic. I'm with you, Peter. There is no need to fear, Peter, for I am your God. I'll give you the strength you need, Peter. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady, Peter. I'll keep a firm grip on you, Peter. And as you memorize it this week, put your name, own name in there. I guarantee it'll help you. And it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. This will help build your faith this week. This will help dispel the fear that seems to come 365 days a year lately. And if you read that, if you study God's word, if you seek him, if you pray, God will give you fear and amazement because he's going to deliver you out of every squall, out of every storm. I guarantee it. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are an ever-present help in time of trouble. And Lord, let us not forget that you are the God that created this earth. Lord, you are God of our health. You are God of, of, our, of our well-being. You are God of the word. You are God of this earth. There's nothing that can eclipse your mighty power and your prominence, not even our worst fear And Lord, as we study that the disciples had to go through their worst fear, but Lord, they were left with fear and amazement because you are able. Lord, we love you, Lord. We bless you. We trust you. We renew our faith once more in you and not in anything else. Thank you for listening. We hope you tune in next week. For more information, go to heritagesc.org.